Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. One other quick point. Uh, welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio, by the way. But one other quick point on that conversation that Jeff Duncan and I were having about the Taylor Swift impact to the NFL. I really encourage people who have not seen it to go see the documentary that I mentioned. I think it was on Amazon Prime. But I remember my sons, Jordan and Justin and I, were sitting in the truck waiting to go hunting. This is many years ago. And Taylor was only 15 years old. And she was on the highway on Syria. She was on the highway and sort of the featured person. And they were having conversations with her. And she was sharing her goals. And she was sharing some of her music. And all three of us, Jordan, Justin, and me, all three of us concluded after that conversation, wow, she's going to be a star. You know, no way we could have ever imagined that by 19 she would own the world and go beyond that and break all these records and have billion-dollar tours and all that. That's what you get when you bring a personality like that to the NFL with the demographics around the world that are following her. She, she, she sold out a, a stadium in China in less than a minute. Uh, it's just amazing what what she, star power she has. And by the way, she's got a she has a concert in Japan, and um, she, she'll be able to finish this, the concert and fly back to the U.S. just in time to maybe get a little bit of sleep before the Super Bowl. But it's a uh, it's going we're going to watch her. I'm sure just like Santa Claus, we're going to have a Taylor Swift uh, tracker going across the uh, the uh, the the uh, Pacific. So it'll be very interesting to watch. With that said, let me move over to my friend Kurt Allen, who's the CEO of the Mississippi Aquarium, and someone I really enjoy checking in with. How you doing, Kurt? Good. Thanks for having me back. Good seeing you. It's good to see you too, man. We uh, we probably don't get together enough. And as I mentioned to you when we were off the air, we ought to we ought to sort of recalibrate some of the stars inside your organization and introduce them to. Uh, people who may be new to the show because you got a you got a great team. You can't do what you guys are doing without a hell of a team, can you? Yeah, and we're very fortunate we've been able to attract top talent down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You know, it was a worry of ours before we opened, you know, what kind of talent can we attract? And boy, oh boy, once people get down here, they love it. They love the area. They love the people. And uh, the talent we have is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, as you and I have talked about, I mean, the work that goes on behind the scenes that the average person who walks in doesn't see, whether it be dealing with the water quality inside the tanks or whether it be the, the vet, veterinarian staff and all the stuff that you have to do, it's it's a sizable organization with a lot going on, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. And the veterinarian staff, you know, I always try to toot their horn because they do some uh, amazing things. You know, they're caring for, um, I think we have 40, I forget how many, 40 cold stun turtles that came down to us not too long ago. And and within, uh, I think next year when we get the next round of cold stun turtles, we will be the number one rehabber of cold stun turtles over the last five years. 
and we've been we haven't even been open five years, you know. So it's just amazing work, and it's the trust that the the government, everybody else has in us for doing the job, and we do it right. Yeah, listen, I tell you, this is uh, I know a lot about what you're doing there, not only because you're on the show, but because I follow you on social media. I think. The team that does social media for the Mississippi Aquarium is doing a really good job. You're sharing the diversity of offerings and all these things that are happening at the at the aquarium, but but it also does a great job of sharing those activities related to the the turtles. I mean, that's that's a big time effort, isn't it? It is a big time effort. It uh, you know, and there's no funding to to rehab these turtles, and every one of them is on a veterinary protocol. They all get medicines almost every single day, and and you know the support of you know, it's the people that come through the front door that help support the operations out the back door. And uh, and so it does. And and so we started a campaign this year on the, it's on the website where you can adopt a turtle to help us support the rehab efforts. Um, those turtles, uh, normally we'll start releasing them. It depends on the water temperature, but uh, it has to be 55 degrees or warmer and, and kind of steady. So we start releasing after they're healthy, usually in March and April and May and June, depending on how serious the, the illnesses are. But um, it does take a lot of time. We had one turtle here for two years wow. uh, on rehab. Yeah. And, you know, so that cost a lot of money over the course of two years to, to support these animals. But, you know, we do everything we can to support endangered species. And, and get them back out in the wild. As, as you probably are aware from our past conversation, I'm a big time boater. I've, I've spent a lot of time in the boat, spent a lot of time offshore fishing. I remember that period of time when you didn't see a turtle because the the uh, shrimping industry didn't have the turtle excluder devices. And over the last several years, we see turtles almost every trip now, uh, which that's really good to see. The excluder device is one of the greatest inventions for wildlife ever. I mean, if you really think about it, the number of turtles that were getting killed in the nets were was astronomical. And, you know, for the for the industry, the shrimping industry and the boating industry to come together to create this device to help an issue for all of us. Right. We all needed to solve that issue. And uh, it was really good for somebody to come up with something that works. It's brilliant. It really yeah. is brilliant. I remember the first time but I looked simple. at it. It's simple. It's simple, so but simple. it's brilliant, you know? Yeah, the uh, the turtle comes across this essentially a chute, and once it hits it, it just extracts it, literally, as the as the saying says. It's amazing, right. really. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, you know, think of how many turtles we've saved because of it. You know, thousands. It is remarkable. It really is. Listen, the last time you and I talked, we, we spent a lot of time actually talking about how the 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 aquarium has spent a lot of time listening to the visitors and one of the things that the visitors said was we want there to be new experiences often we want more educational possibilities and so on and you and you were you were sort of detailing some of those things to me what you were putting in place a lot of freshness a lot of you know a lot of uh, innovations and a lot of changes and uh, so you've implemented a lot of those things, and as a result of it, tell me about how your year ended up. Yeah, I don't remember the last time we spoke if changing tides had been open or not. It was about uh, we, to open. It was about, it was to, about open. to open. Yeah. So that was August, uh, and so we opened it late August, and that was about a $4 million rehab of the Changing Tides building and uh, presented by our friends over at Kiesler. Um, but that exhibit, we added 25 new exhibits with really a great diversity of species. And so that, 
you know, the thing of we, there's not enough to see at the aquarium. That was the comment we heard. Uh, we haven't heard that since we opened, you know, with 25 new exhibits and everything from sloths and poison dart frogs to octopus and, and Nemo and Dory. Uh, I think we hit a home run. Uh, the numbers show it. Um, I think our marketing efforts are really hitting the core base of our audience now. And, you know, tourism has been down a little bit on the coast year over year on uh, 23 over 22. But uh, we were up 16 percent in attendance. And it really shows that focused marketing effort we've done in really trying to drive the families here and really our core audience. And you've seen that with more experiences. We bring characters in, the cartoon characters, Bluey and Coco Melon was just here last weekend. Um, we've got the festivals that we do. Uh, we've got the free days for Mother's Mother's Day and Father's Day and Memorial Day and Police Free Day was uh, two weeks ago. And um, it's just the excitement of things that are happening at the aquarium that really drive that gate attendance. And it really shows uh, what we can do with, and social media is a big part of it. We've got uh, Nicole Martz is doing our social media and a lot of people on the coast know her um, as the coast girl. But she's phenomenal, and J.D. Cox helps us, and, and Patrick, who leads that team, has really done a great job since he's come in. Yeah, it is, it's really a good job. I, I, I look at specifically, for example, for, so, so there's an event focus to the social media strategy. There's a sort of behind-the-scenes focus as well. But there's also this thing, and I think it's really smart, showing these unique species that you guys have and explaining what they are and showing them in the habitat at the Mississippi Aquarium so that when people go there, they, they're sort of looking forward to say, let's go find that. Because if you just saw it for the first time, you may not completely appreciate it. It's a way for families to sort of interact with the museum before they get to the museum. And I think that's a smart strategy. Yeah, it, it's the little teaser that you, know, that you put out there. So uh, it's the the little scavenger hunt uh, mentality. Um, and we've got critters, you know, we've got a great diverse collection of animals and that's something that surprises a lot of people on, on what we've been able to display. And, um, but you're right, uh, being able to tell those stories of the critters is, uh, is, and how unique they are, you know? These things come from all over the world and people are not gonna see these things up close and personal unless they come to a facility like ours and, and we wanna showcase how unique they are, what they are, where they're from and, and why they're important. So if you look at, if you look at the last two or three years, um, and one of the reasons, as you pointed out, tourism might have been down slightly this past year compared to the year before. You know, coming out of the COVID year, you had all that federal money out there. You had to focus on 80% of the people who come here, come here in their cars. So there was a lot of strategic marketing that was taking place, very tactical, I might say, marketing taking place to, to get to the drive-in traffic. Casinos were engaged around this. So you had all this flurry of stuff that was about how do we survive in the, in the pandemic? And we did an incredible job. You look at the casino numbers and all of that. So coming out of that, it was kind of hard to anticipate what we were going to experience. And for you guys to have a 16% improvement it, within the scope of all that, that's that's a, that's moving in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, when all that federal money started drying up, nobody really knew what was going to happen. And, and we saw that slowdown, you know, and then it's how do you manage to, to turn it around and, and start the trend the other way? And we've really done a pretty good job at that. We're having a conversation with Kurt Allen, who's CEO of the Mississippi Aquarium. Uh, one of the reasons they They've had good successes. They've got a board. They've got a board of trustees that's active. They're uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and people who care deeply about tourism in coastal Mississippi.
we'll chat a little bit about the role that they're playing and uh, and what else is coming up at the Mississippi Aquarium. We'll see you after this break. To more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. One of the things that I look back to, and I've mentioned it many times on this show, because a lot of a lot of our the benchmarking that we might apply to something like tourism. You have to think about where we were before Hurricane Katrina, where we were after Hurricane Katrina, and the work that we had to do. And I had the, the pleasure of leading the, the – uh, I was the vice chair of the Governor's Commission responsible for the tourism planning effort. We had hundreds of people involved in that effort. But one of the most important things we had to do right after Katrina was to, to manage the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, especially in the investment community, around coastal Mississippi. We had casinos that needed to make big decisions about are they going to invest in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars back into this market. Of course, uh, you know, getting dockside gaming um, um, changed to inland gaming was really important to the overall conversation. But we worked to define. John John Harrison led. He's the presidency of, of Hancock Whitney. Uh, led an effort to uh, a subcommittee of the tourism effort that transferred over to the business council around what what would it look like for us to be a, a tier one destination resort. We're not saying we're going to be, but we wanted to understand what would it be if we put all those elements together. Had to have hotel rooms, had to have a great uh, airport. Uh, you had to have um, you know, the amenities for people to have. We had to have convention space. But family amenities, though, became a real part of the overall objective. We realized that we've got, we've got things for adults to do. We need more family attractions. And one of the, if you look back the last three or four years, one of the great evolutions that have taken place in tourism in coastal Mississippi has been in family attractions. The aquarium maybe being the centerpiece to all of that. So it's good when I'm having conversations with my friend Kurt Allen, who's the CEO of the Mississippi Aquarium, to see that they're taking their role as sort of the centerpiece of that extraordinarily seriously because uh, it's built now, right, Kurt? I mean, it's going to be here for many, many years to come. It is. And, you know, the reason it was built is exactly what you said is more family friendly entertainment and really to, to, to develop a new tourism sector other than the gaming. Gaming is the stabilizer for the coast. We love them. Um, we're happy they're here, but we do need to diversify the tourism effort. And the family friendly was something that was really missing. And the aquarium, I think, is the st it's still um, falling behind. We still need to do more for the family friendly. We've got the aquarium, we've got the go-karts, we've got big play, we've got those types of things. We need more hotels, we need more meeting space, we need things that will attract other types of business to the coast. And and I think that focused effort really needs to start uh, jumping to the front of the line because we need to diversify that tourism effort. You have a family coming down here and you wanna to come to the coast, where do you stay? You've got yeah. Centennial and you don't have a whole lot of other things down on the beach. 
families don't want to stay on I-10 per se to be on vacation. And so we really need to create more of a vacation atmosphere, I think, on the coast. And uh, I think that needs to be a focus. We've got a great foundation to build on. There recently, yep. the Gulf Coast Business Council announced a, a collaboration of, of major organizations that are involved in economic development, including the airport and coastal Mississippi tourism and others. Um, this would be a good goal for them. They should put this on the table to say, okay, we know where we are. We've come a long way from a tourism point of view, but when you analyze those four major factors that I just uh, illuminated a minute ago, where, where can we where can we enhance that, and where should some of our efforts be? You know, I, I, I'm reminded that uh, when I'm talking to economic development folks, you know, the big projects are important. We need to focus on the big projects, but sometimes you get where you need to get by by hitting singles and doubles. That's the way you get success, and you know, attracting a single hotel is a move in the right direction. A fact uh, attracting a um, uh, an attraction of some sort uh, where there's going to be major investment, that's a step in the right direction. We need to collectively be focused on those kinds of things for sure. Hey, as you uh, look forward, what kind of big events are coming up at the aquarium? Yeah, we've got the whole year planned out. Um, the, actually, the first big thing we've got coming, and it's uh, the install starts on Sunday. We've got a, a new VR experience where you can come in and sit in these little pods and put the the goggles on and swim with sharks. Uh, we're going to start out with a shark experience um, and a gorilla experience because we're putting it back in the rainforest area of the Changing Tides building. So we'll have some new experiences starting uh, probably around the 9th or 10th of February where you can come in and, and really get immersed in uh, in the uh, in the shark world or the gorilla world. Um, and then uh, we're kicking off the ca- uh, penguin campaign because we want to build a new penguin habitat, which is a big focus of ours. Um, St. Patrick's Day, we've got a big festival coming up there. We got Irish dancers coming in and a diving leprechaun. Uh, We've got a massive 10,000 egg Easter egg hunt coming out so the kids can come out and find some Easter eggs. Um, And then uh, later in April, we've got the best damn festival there is, and that's going to highlight our beavers. Uh, So it's going to be a fun uh, new take on an experience here at the aquarium. Hey, listen, you just ran right past it, but you did you say diving leprechaun? <laughs> I did. Uh, our dive team uh, is very uh, willing to uh, look foolish. And so, it, uh, you know, we have uh, the diving Easter bunny and Santa comes in and uh, we're going to have the diving leprechaun come in next. So it's going to be a fun one uh, on the St. Patrick's Day weekend. We've got the green beer and we've got family fun activities on that weekend. So come out and see us. These are the things that make a difference. I mean, you want you, when someone walks in, you want them to be surprised, and I, I guarantee you, a diving leprechaun is going to get somebody's attention. I can I can see my my four grandkids enjoying that. You know, that's just that's just fun. Hey, listen, Kurt, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you, my friend. Always a pleasure, Ricky. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet, you bet. This has been Kurt Allen, the CEO of the Mississippi Aquarium, and we'll have again. We'll have some of his team members join us in the upcoming weeks, so we can recalibrate some of that as we go forward. They're doing great work here for Coast of Mississippi. Listen, uh, have a great day, have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.